Welcome to First Fleet 10-4. Welcome to First Fleet 10-4. My name is Elizabeth Wyndham, and I am very, very honored to have two of our safety regional managers here with me today. So welcome. We have Mr. Ron Crow and Mr. Kevin Steele. We're so glad you guys are here. Thank you, ma'am. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how long you've been with First Fleet. <clears throat> well, as she said, I'm Kevin Steele. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the regional safety manager for the central region region of the company, which basically is from Michigan to the Gulf Coast down the center of the country. I've been with First Fleet for 25 years now. Held several different jobs down the road. Been involved in a lot of the projects and ongoing issues and at present, I mean, uh, it's, it is the fall of the year. It is wintertime coming, so now we're into our fall safety meetings, and that's the biggest focus right now. Ron Crow, I'm the regional safety manager for the uh, southeast from North Carolina down into Florida over to Alabama. Been with First Fleet since 2010, started as a driver, moved into transportation supervisor, and then 2017 was uh, offered a job as a regional safety manager. So, okay, love being a First Fleet, great place to be. So, we're very glad you're here, both of you. I've I've really enjoyed working with you two over the years. So, we got some good safety videos we're working on, and it's just been a joy to um, to get to know you both and to to work with you. So, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, we thank right. you. We thank you also. Glad uh-huh. to do it. Yeah. So as we were talking in the hallway, um, I just kind of grabbed you guys and suckered you into this. So thanks again. But what what would you say um, for our drivers? What is the biggest issues we're facing right now um, on the road? I'm going to say one of our biggest issues is um, pre-trips, post-trips. You know, we're, we're doing fall safety meetings right now, and we're discussing pre-trips, post-trips, pre-trips, post-trips. And sure. a lot of drivers and a lot of our, our – where we're seeing problems with is tires. And okay. a lot of drivers don't understand that, you know, if they don't check the tires and make sure we have proper air in them, DOT checks them, that we actually get shut down and placed out of service. So For low for, tire pressure. For low tire pressure. Whoa. So if – the tire pressure is 110 pounds, say, in the draft tires, and we get caught with 18 pounds of pressure. It's a lower flat tire, so we get shut down. So that's eight points on CSA, then another two points on CSA for being placed out of service by the officer. So it's 10 points, then times the three, so that's 30 points. Right, and that that's multiplier. If the office, yeah, so the multiplier is three. So, and that's if the officer doesn't find any other problem. So just a tire. So there's... 10 points, that's 30 points, one little stop. And all we got to do is check a tire. Yeah. If I'm a driver and I'm at a location that doesn't have a shop, what do you recommend we do to fix that situation? Depends on what the situation is. Is it okay. off the if rim it's a low and flat? Tire? If it's a low tire, we're going to go to the nearest truck stop and air it up. Okay. A lot of drivers, they carry uh, an airline that they can hook to their glad hands or hooks to an emergency line. They can air the tire up themselves. Oh, excellent. Put okay. some air in it. Then maybe get by a uh, TA or Loves or somewhere and get the tire checked out. Okay. Uh, do low tires usually mean there's something wrong with the tire? Or, I mean, I know it's the t- changing time of year. I just had to put a, some air in my tires. So I know the weather can cause some of that. But Normally, if it's real low, there's probably something in the tire. Nail, sure. bolt, cut, recap might be coming off. So it's going to be multiple things. 
Well, <clears throat> from my perspective, I'm seeing an increase of accidents. And when we go in and do the investigations, it's pointing more and more to lack of attention. Mm. And everybody knows the way the situation is out there now. you got to have 100% attention sitting in that seat yeah. because you're having to drive for everybody out there as well. And we have seemed to be getting somewhat complacent. Oh, okay. We've got to go back. And this this is partly covered in the fall safety meetings that we're doing now. Sure. We're trying to get them just to simply go back to the basics, what we know how to do, what we've been trained to do, and just have, a, for lack of a, any other word, a reawakening of what I need to do. I can't just sit up there and say, well, everything's fine, everything's going along. I've got to know what's going on around me. i got to know my personal condition. If I'm getting tired, do I need to stop? Do I need to take a break? Just simple things like that. Yeah. And our numbers are slowly but surely going up as far as accidents. Okay. And, and I think it's part of what we need to revisit is our attention to detail. Okay. You got to be an offensive driver, basically, what it is. Kevin's been driving a long time, so have I. I've been at it, what, 30, 31 years now. So, <laughs> a couple years or two. But <laughs> when we when we all started driving, we were told to be defensive drivers. Sure. And we pr pretty much, we got to be mind readers. We got to anticipate what the other vehicles are going to do around us. Yeah. And We've drivers have gotten away from that. Mm, okay. You know, especially with cell phones now. We still have drivers that, you know, maybe not our drivers, but I see other drivers out on the road while I'm traveling and they're watching a video because it's up on their mounted on the windshield or oh, they're doing something else. They're eating, they're driving down the road doing something besides what they're supposed to do. And we talked about this before in another podcast is just do what you're supposed to do is drive the truck. Yeah. You know, and then knock off the distractions and watch out for other people and just be on the defensive and be a good defensive driver. Yeah. Like Kevin said, on fatigue, you have to know when you're it, you're tired. Right. You know, uh, somebody said one time it, it takes somebody, a, a real person, to know when they're tired, but it takes a bigger person to pull over and do something about it. Yes. And that's get a nap. You know, sometimes it, it's a 30-minute nap, 20-minute nap. Sometimes you need that 10-hour break. You know, it's right. just a you're ill, you're fatigued, let's do something about it. Just don't keep trucking on because sure. it can bite you. Those are some really good, really good suggestions. I appreciate that. Okay. What does that mean for our, for us as drivers, for us as a company? What problems does that cause us? Well, to start with, we're based as a trucking company. The CSA numbers is our, basically our report card okay. of where we stand in the industry against the other trucking companies our size. Okay. And the government uses algorithms to come up with the percentages. They have set what they call intervention levels, which we we try every day to stay away from those. Sure. For instance, um, you know, maybe driver fitness, the intervention level is 65. And we try our best day in and day out to talk to drivers and teach them how to not push that issue. It's a daily fight, it's a weekly fight, and it's a monthly fight. The thing about the CSA numbers, I can sit here all day and talk about it. Ronnie over here can do it. 
We know how to tell you to do it, but we cannot affect one percentage point on the final score. It's what the drivers out in the field do. And that's why we're there to, to back them up, to encourage them, to support them. And, you know, it, again, it goes right back to let's do the right thing. Sure. And and that's that's why we have to update this stuff. We talk about it constantly, and we can't ever let our guard down. So what do we need the most as a company? Clean inspections. <laughs> okay. Good, clean DOT inspections. They actually help us. Sure. So doing our pre-trips, doing our post-trips, doing the speed limit, staying off the cell phones, sure. wearing our seat belts, doing everything we're supposed to do, getting clean DLT inspections. That's how we drop those numbers. Okay. And I know that obviously the the numbers, if you get inspected and you get written up and you get these violations, it affects the driver's points on their license. And then, right? Actually, no. And <laughs> so drivers, driver, CSA is totally different than, than points on your license. Oh, okay. So the way I've been explaining it in the fall safety meetings is I'm bebopping down the road and I get stopped by the local officer. Sure. All right. Barney Five, he pulls me over. I get rode up for six to 10 over. Okay. Okay. That goes on my driver's license. That can make my personal insurance go up. It's going to cost me money. I got to pay that ticket. Okay. He does not do a DLT inspection. There's no CSA points. Oh, okay. okay. Got it. Same scenario this time. Highway Patrol gets me. Got gotcha. And he gets me for six to 10 over. He writes me the ticket. So that's points on my driver's license. Make That can make my personal insurance go up. Uh-huh. You know, the whole nine yards. He also does a DLT inspection. It says level three, driver only. And speeding, local law, six to ten over, four points on CSA times three. Ooh. But where drivers have a get misconstrued, I guess, by the officer, they'll hear this, same same deal, highway patrolman pulls them over. Yeah, you're speeding six to ten over, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to do you a favor, and I'm not going to write you a ticket. So they don't write a ticket, so there's no points on my license. My insurance doesn't go up. Okay. But. He does that DOT inspection, level three, driver only, and six to 10 over. There's my CSA points. So when one of the regional safety manager called and talked to the driver about the CSA points, well, the officer said, I didn't get no points. Oh, okay. okay. And we hear it all the time because the manager might even send an email. Well, the officer told him no points, but they're CSA points. Oh. So the CSA points is safety score for the driver and the company. Okay, safety okay. score. So. Yeah. What happens, is there a point at which those CSA points can cause our drivers some major problems? Depending on how many points they get, mm-hmm. you know, uh, FMCSA, and I see it from time to time, they'll send out something that they've actually deemed a driver unsafe and unfit to drive because they might have had too many hours service violations or combined with hour service violations in a cell phone or something like that, and they can actually put a driver out of service if they get too many points. Whoa. Okay. So, but then it's normally a lot of points. Sure. I okay. mean, it, it's not like sure. I get two speeding tickets and a cell phone ticket in three years are going to, right, right. you know, put me out of service and take my CDL. But okay. it uh, takes a lot of points. First fleet-wise, are there things that we do as a company if a driver gets these points or has these CSA points or makes these violations? 
Normally, we, we, we coach them when we talk to them. Okay. And, so know, this is where you guys jump in. This is where we jump in. This is, and, this is and, your... And retrain. And, and we give them training on it. A lot of drivers, they don't know about CSA. So we do have an online training for CSA. Okay. I assign that a lot of times when drivers don't understand it. I just, I'm not getting it. Sure. You know, so we... Uh, well, I'm we about, I understand their confusion because I'm a little lost myself. So <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So, and that, that's about the easiest way I know to explain it is with the... The ticket thing, and that's what I've been doing on the, yeah. the safety meetings this year. No, that that part actually really makes sense. I appreciate it. Thank you. Still, our number one problem is hit by other vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Sure. A lot of distracted drivers on the road that <laughs> yep run into us. There is, and so that gets back into we we have to not just pre-trip the equipment, pre-trip ourselves, make sure we're in the right mind to be driving. Okay. Right? Make sure we're going to be that good defensive driver. Always be on the defense and not the offense. We don't ever want to be an offensive driver. So, Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> along the same line there, too. There's no magic pill for this. It's a combination. The biggest thing a driver has got to do, you got to know what's around you yeah. or your surroundings. Space and visibility. Keep your space. Keep your speed down. Yeah. And... At the end of the day, you're the defensive driver. You're driving for everybody. You're the professional. Just what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's what we promote. At the end of the day, if we miss one DOT recordable accident today and tomorrow and the next day, then that's what makes that score start to decline. Gotcha. And it's it's attainable. And a good example or a good comparison we've got over 800 drivers in this company that's never had a preventable accident wow and that's something to be very proud of and it's something for the guys the newer guys coming in to strive to attain sure 800 out of 3,000 that's pretty it's pretty good so when you get to that kind of level and you get everybody's name or head back in the game right then you'll see the numbers decline You'll see the inspections let up. You'll see the enforcement let up, and it's a better day for everybody. Okay, cool. I agree. It makes the job for the drivers a lot easier, too. Yeah. Is there anything, so other than tires, anything else on that pre-trip inspection that we need to be paying attention to? Brakes and brakes and lights. Brakes, brakes and, and lights. lights. Well, that's, sure. that's the other two. And uh, you'd be surprised how many drivers don't know how to check brake lights. So newer trucks, you got a little button you could push, and it operates all the lights. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But I guess the old school way is to pull the trolley valve down and go back and make sure the brake lights work. Sure. A lot of drivers don't check them, and we get popped for that. But they also don't check for air leaks. So if you remember in the video when, when we, we were did shooting, the pre -trip. we were working on a pre-trip video. Yep. I told you we were going to release our tractor brakes. Yep. And pull the trolley valve down. Yeah. That way, I, and and you held it down with a bungee cord. I held it with a bungee cord. That way, I've got air going through the red supply line, which is emergency line, okay. the blue supply line, and I can listen for air leaks. And we found actually that day we found a glad hand seal leaking on the the blue air line on the glad did. hand connected to the trailer, and we get a lot of pops on that. Okay, so that's actually an audible air leak, and I think that one's. What, two, three points? I can't remember off the top three. of my head. Three points. Three points. Okay. And I can also listen for air leaks along the trailer. Sure. So. Okay. 
Big thing. We got to check there. Like, got to check brakes and drivers. We still see drivers that don't actually get underneath the trailer with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's we ha- have all of our brake pads on there. Okay, the shoes are there. Right. You know, there's no cracks. There's no grease buildup on them. We have to check that. Gotcha. Putting everything Ronnie just said into one basket. If you do your pre-trips, you do your post-trips, you do your walk-arounds. It eliminates the fact that don't give them a reason to stop you. Right. It's kind of a no-brainer. If he can't <laughs> stop you, he can't inspect you. That's if he can't true. inspect you, he can't write you a ticket. <laughs> and if he can't write you a ticket, neither the driver nor First Fleet has gets, a problem. Gets points. Gets points. Yeah. And the, and the issue goes away. Our biggest biggest challenge right now. Is do not give them a reason. Okay. And we're, it goes back to what I said earlier. We've kind of got a little complacent. Yeah. Not expecting, you know, it's always going to be the other guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I can prove different. Yeah. So. Well, and I know that, you know, we're saying don't give them a reason, but at the same time, we get hit by other people a lot. So it's not that we gave them a reason, but someone else gave them a reason. That's true. But even at that point, if we're involved in an accident, sure. most of the time they're going to inspect us. Okay. If we've done our Due work diligence. ahead of time, yep. the pre-trip, the walk-around, mm-hmm. then we don't have anything to worry about because we will be exonerated. Sure. It's where we have the dual role. We get hit. It's not our fault, so to speak, from the accident, but before the day is over, we're just as much guilty as the other mm-hmm. party. Yeah. And here comes the CSA again. And it's a never-ending. It's something we got to work at every day. Sure. But as Ronnie said, if we do our part up front. Yes, sir. Then we don't have to pay out out on the side of the road. Gotcha. So, Ronnie, do you have any, any um, I don't know, I, I learned best through stories. So you got any good stories for us? I have to think about that. don't that. incriminate anyone? Well, <laughs> that's the thing is just is we deal with so much, and you don't want to incriminate nobody. So. Sure. Yes. Um, we don't want to public shame anyone. Oh, no. What about you, Kevin? You've been around First Fleet for a long time. Well, then this kind of goes back to the pre-trip stuff. Sure. I was actually doing a safety class a little while back, and I went through the pre-trip Similar, well, more in-depth than what we've been talking about here. Okay. One of the drivers was in the meeting, went out that afternoon. Late the next afternoon, he came in the office, and he walks over to me, and he kind of hangs his head a little bit and hands me a piece of paper. And and I look at it, and it's an inspection. It's actually four violations on it. Ooh. And I said, I I glanced at it and looked at it and said, What'd you do? He said, well, I got pulled over for speeding in construction. Ooh. Uh, you gave him a reason to stop you, didn't you? What'd you do then? He said, well, he inspected me. And I said, well, I see you got three violations here. And these three violations, just reading it from this paper, had you done a good pre-trip, they didn't have to get on a creeper to find it. Mm. They didn't have to do anything extraordinary. They walked up and saw it. Oh, Wow. And my question to you was, did you do a pre-trip? His answer was, well, it was raining real hard. I did a real quick one. Sure. Well, that cost us 
many, many parts. It cost him parts. And it cost him, a, I would say, upwards of most of his paycheck for a week. Really? Why? Because the tickets have to be paid. Oh. And it's up to him to do it. Ooh. One of the worst tickets you can get is in speeding in construction. It's double points. It's double fine. Ooh. So you, you're talking anywhere from 200 to six $700 possible just on one ticket. He violated what I stood in the room and told all of them that day. <laughs> Do your pre-trip. Don't give them a reason. Yep. And he paid for it. Sure. That's just one example. Yeah. Hopefully this is just an eye-opener. We're sitting here talking about this. Sure. But we're talking about it because we are better than this as a company. Absolutely. We just got to get ahead, get back in the game. We've got great drivers, I'll tell yes. you what. Some of the best drivers in, in, in the industry. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. I mean, goodness sakes, how many 4 million mile drivers do we have now? Well, two, 4 million three, is two. Two? And two short, coming shortly. Yeah, there you go. So About to have four. Okay. Total of four. And then, well, we got 700 and some odd million. 702, 1 million miles. I mean, that's fantastic. If you think about that, that's a big accomplishment. But you have to have been in that truck eight years with no preventable accident to get a one million mile sticker. Wow. You can look at the four million mile guys. That's 32 years. 32 years. Never had a preventable. <laughs> so it, 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 could, it could be done, right? That's literally as long as I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> it can, it well, can, it can be done. <laughs> So what I could say to our drivers, if you know any of the million-mile drivers or two or three or four sure. million drivers, ask them. Yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. It can be done. It's just some some of the newer drivers, they need a little coaching. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, we rely on our million-mile drivers to help be, you know, mentor sometimes. And right. It's like, hey, go talk to so-and-so and the number they one, give you some pointers. The yeah. number one thing that a million-mile, two-million-mile, three-million-mile, driver will tell you first when mm -hmm. you ask him how did you do it number one answer that i always hear patience ah don't get in a hurry sure and that's that's worth gold right there yeah that's a big thing just speed space focus and be a lot of patience yeah that makes sense i always find i'm have a much better time on the interstate when I'm more patient in a better head frame, you know? Mm -hmm. Put on some more soothing music, nothing too crazy. And, and whether you chill. believe it or not, when you get into that frame of mind, mm -hmm. your fatigue goes down too. Really? When you're sitting up there and you're pushing the issue, you're running everything you can run, you're taking chances you're not supposed to be chancing. Right. You're, you, you don't realize it at the point, but you're tense. You're on edge. Oh, yeah. And your energy level is draining. Sure. You're Whereas burning out your you energy faster. Off, like Ronnie says, you get your speed, your space management. Right. You relax, and you're not near as tired at the end of your shift. That yep. makes sense. Mental fatigue causes physical fatigue. Sure. Your a brain. Of, a lot of people don't understand that. So if you have yeah. problems, say, say even if you have some issues at home and yeah. you're stressing it out while you're driving on the road, it's going to cause you to be more fatigued. You get fatigued a lot quicker because you're worried about what's going on at the house. 
Yeah. Well, your brain is an organ, and it, it's it, saying, it hey, is. we're tired, yeah. so your body should be too. So when you start stressing about that, and then yeah. you get a little behind on your low because you was in a traffic jam. Now you're trying to get caught up, and yeah. now you're stressing that. So now it's just making you more tired. Wow, you know? yeah. So that's just kind of one thing, you know, I before I come work first fleet, I ran Pacific Northwest for 12 years. Okay. And I'd be gone two, three weeks at a time. And wow. That's one thing my wife, I would always call home every day. Yep. Every night I called home religiously, see how everything's going. But my wife would never tell me exactly what was going on at the house because <laughs> she doesn't want me stressing it out because sure. she wants me back home. Right, right. right. Because she, she didn't work. She safe. had the kids at home. Right. And she needed me back home. Yeah. She needed me on the road because I took care of all the bills, but she also wanted me back home. So she wouldn't give me all the details of what was going on in the house. So it, it, it kept, kept me in the right state of mind to do my job, which was drive truck. Sure. She's a keeper for sure. <laughs> After 30 years, yeah, I think I think she might keep I me think around. So. She might keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got one little antidote about speed also. All right. And I heard this from a, from a now famous NASCAR driver. Oh, okay. And I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard when he said it. But he said, "There's times when you're in a race that you got to slow down to go faster." A NASCAR driver told you that. Yes. <laughs> and I said, "What is he talking about?" Also, where are you meeting NASCAR drivers? But anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, that's a different life. But yes, apparently I so. Knew a few. But what he was really relating to, and it's back to you're pushing the point, you're pushing the issue, back off a little bit, let everybody get sorted out, and then you can drive where you want to drive, which makes you faster because you're not having to hit the brakes, you're not having to back off, you're not having to do panic moves, maneuvers to get away from somebody. And there again, it goes again back to the stress level. Yep. So, yeah, sometimes... As hard as you may believe, not believe it, it is easier to go slower to go faster. Hmm. Good to know. Okay. I'll agree with that. Yeah. It is. I mean, I, I get that. I, I drove uh, from South Carolina, well, between here and South Carolina uh, this past for the past two weekends, and I have seen some crazy people take <laughs> some dangerous, dangerous, do some dangerous stuff on I-75, and it has been, it was quite an interesting Interesting little trip home. It is. I know that I-75 to I-20 exit is, I'm just waiting to get creamed every time. I'm just sitting there, just waiting to be rear-ended. I-75 and Interstate 20? Yeah. That, oh, that interchange. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, no wonder. Because <laughs> Atlanta's just a piece of work by itself. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's aw and I-75 has just gotten to be the pit. It has. It is a really dangerous yeah. stretch of road these days. And well, our drivers in Atlanta do a good job with that road. They, they, they do. I mean, yeah. we've, we've got, what, one, two, three terminals right there in the Atlanta, four terminals in the Atlanta area. I don't know how they stand it. And that's <laughs> just 75, 85, 485, I-20 all, all the time. And yeah. They, they really do. It, it, it shocks me sometimes. On how Those guys do. have learned patience. They, they have. <laughs> they have to. It's self-preservation. They have. I yeah. Mean, exactly. You know, it's it's crazy in Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and just like our drivers up north, we have drivers that run Washington D.C. and New Jersey and Philadelphia, and they they do good. And it's it's just just people in cars are they're all distracted, right? Yeah, ninety nine percent of them are. Yeah, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, and that that goes back to 
be well rested. Yeah. You know, the more well rested you are, the more alert you are. You can just stay out of that pack of traffic. Yeah. Slow down a little bit, and you're going to be all right. And guaranteed, you'll see a car pass you or another big truck pass you, and you'll just be bopping along doing what you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, they're on the side of the road in an accident. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do? You're just going down just the road. Just keep going. So. Yeah. It, it pays off. It really okay. does. I, I know one last thing that I that I noticed on my recent road trips. Saw a lot of dead deer along the side of the road. So do, tell me, do all of our trucks have have deer guards on the front or most? 99% they're supposed 99. to. Okay. We, we have some that don't, and it's because they've hit a deer. And it's damaged. They've been in an accident, and <laughs> yeah. then we can't get them right now. Oh, Because, sure. you know, parts are oh, for awful. cars and trucks or just on back order for everything. So right now they're having a hard time. But we do have some trucks that don't have them. Okay. And but those not are many. the ones we're like, the last just don't time, hit a deer. The last time I came from Michigan and drove back to Tennessee, this is one trip. Uh-huh. I counted 32 deer. <gasps> Whoa. So, yes, it's that time of year. It is. I well, normally quit counting like after five. I, know, I, I, me I, too. I don't get to 32 and <laughs> get tired of counting. I was so amazed is the reason I kept counting. Sure. I said, yeah, this, yeah. I mean, this can't, this is not real. Yeah. Wow. But I actually, in one day's time, in an eight hour drive day, counted 32 deer, had, had been hit, and hit on the road. Wow. And killed. And obviously, that's 32 people that have big damage on their vehicles now, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, last last week was uh, our number one accident was yeah. hit animal. I believe it because last week was peak rut. The yep, rut's starting was, to die down rut. right now. It should end as of where we are right now. It should end in about four days, three days. I don't days. remember the exact numbers, how many we had hit, but that was our number one accident. Yeah, I believe it. it. it was, Normally yeah. this time of year, it, it is. Well, sure. Those, but, those bucks get real talk, dumb. I actually talk about hit animals because okay. we've, we've had in the past where – driver going down the road and says that he gets a stability control or a hard brake and he knocks a mirror off the truck, right? Yeah. Just hit a sign. Well, what happened? Well, I swerved to miss that deer. Don't don't ever swerve to miss a deer. Oh, well, you know, sure. The deer is softer a, than yeah. a sign. It's softer than a tree because you, if you swerve real hard at 65, 68 miles an hour, you can run off the road. Yeah. You can take a chance of hurting yourself or killing yourself. Uh, don't want that. So, Best thing to do is get on the brakes, try to slow down. Maybe the deer gets across from you, blow the horn, and just hit the deer. Okay. Don't, don't ever swerve. Don't you ever know, swerve. Got that's, it. That's the big thing. Don't swerve. Here's a little bit of monetary comparison to that. Okay. At most, the uh, deer guards we get, and we buy them in bulk, obviously, but you're talking about $500 investment. Okay. Prior to us having deer guards on it, almost every time we hit an animal of any kind, we was on the side of the road, busted radiators. Sure. We was disabled. Okay. Since we've done put the deer guards on, most of the time we'll have some damage. Sure. But we continue on. Okay. And the thing, like, and I'll reiterate what kind of like Ronnie said, when you swerve to miss an animal, you risk a rollover running off the road, and you're going to wind up the loser. Like he said, get on the brakes, slow down if you can, but hold your ground. Hit, sure. Hit the deer. We can repair the equipment. We can't repair you. Yeah. Very, very true. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. And, and it was like Kevin was talking about the monetary part. So when we do hit a deer, say we don't have the deer guard, and it's an older truck, say it's what, 21, so say a 17, we still have a few 17s, or an 18 or a 19. And before the deer guards, you know, we bust the radiator, we bust the trans cooler, that could actually cost us to total a truck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because when you, when you start getting into that part of the engine and stuff, yeah. it gets to be real expensive. So it might be more than what the trucks were. So we might have totaled the truck out. And then we add the deer guards. Now we've got busted deer guard. Maybe the hood busted up in a few spots. Sure. We get Maybe a broken body light. Work, you know, yeah. Broken headlight or something. That's a lot cheaper. So the deer guards work. Sure. You know, so just don't ever swerve. Like Kevin says, we, we can't replace our drivers. So don't even want to try yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Anything to save a rollover. Kevin. The only thing I would add to that is the seat belt. Ooh. That's a big issue. Really? You wouldn't think it would be, yeah. but it is. I mean, goodness. It, I mean, it's 2021. We've been wearing seat belts it, exactly. since. Exactly. Since the 70s. Yeah. I mean, I and don't remember that far If you are <laughs> involved in a, a bad vehicular accident, I will tell you from experience. You're going to wish you had that seatbelt on. Oh, really? Because the driver, and I talked to one guy that was involved in a rollover after an accident. He didn't have it on. And he said, you know, says, I'm a big guy. I'm strong. He said, I just, I knew I could ride it out. He said, you know what? I couldn't stay in the seat. Mm. He said, I was a projectile. Oh, gosh, rolling the around I the cab. the road. Yeah. And it beat him up bad. He said, I'll never get in another truck without a seatbelt on. Wow. So that's one testimony I can tell you of many I could tell you, but that's that's a survival one there. So sure. He learned his lesson. Yeah. And I'd like to pass it on to everybody. Take the seconds to put it on, adjust it, and wear it. There you it's go. there for a reason. It's just one more safety tool that you got at your disposal, and it don't cost a penny to put it on. I'm going to chime in on that one. You have to wear the lap belt, too. Well, yeah. Well, and I know of one that the driver wore with had it, you know, latched across the seat where he sat on the lap part. Ah, oh, gotcha. And then he okay. would wear the shoulder belt over his shoulder. Right. Wear, that way you look like you're wearing your seatbelt. Sure. And uh, we've also had drivers get stopped that way and get cited for not wearing a properly wearing their seatbelt. Sure. But anyway, this driver actually used a little, little yellow clip to loosen it. And when he laid the truck over, he fell out of the seatbelt. So if he'd had his seatbelt on. Properly. You know, properly, because yeah. when the truck rolled over, it was on the passenger side. He would he fell down inside of it. If he'd been worn it properly, he would have just been. Hung there. Hung there and, in the seat. Yeah. Where he's safer. supposed to be. It's a lot safer. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I do know you can't fight gravity no matter no, how you hard can't. you try. So, You're not going to win. That's right. Oh, so, seatbelts save lives. You got to wear them. Okay. Well, thank you all so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and thank you again for being on the podcast. If any of our listeners would like to chime in, there will be, uh, I will put the phone line in there. You can call in and leave us a message, or you can send a text and give us a, a story recommendation. If you're one of our million mile drivers, or mil, one mil, two mil, three, or even four million mile drivers, call in and give us some tips on how to stay safe on the road. And, um, I got one more thing. Oh, bring it on. I would like to get my driver trainers to start calling in with some tips. I would love that. So, Please. And uh, everybody, all the trainers in the Southeast, if you hear this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, I've got I've got a little 
we've got a good group of driver trainers around the country. I've got a good group of trainers in the Southeast. So I, I would love to hear, get them on a podcast. So Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And hey, if you want to call in and give us a safety tip, please call 615-257-9905 and give us a short audio message. Or you can also email us at podcast at firstfleetinc.com. Thank you so much, uh, Ron, Kevin. Appreciate your time. And I hope everyone stays safe out there. <laughs>